Welcome to the segment of Soul, Silence, and Sound. The segment's brought to you by Be Simply. Welcome to Soul, Silence, and Sound. This is Suzanne Toro, and I want to thank you for being here. It has been a journey for me personally since the last new moon, not the one we just had, the one before, as we go into this full moon. And I'm very grateful to have made it across the finish line. So with that being said, um, today I applaud you for taking some space, no matter when you connect with this uh, teaching, to be with yourself and look in and get silent and receive. So uh, as always, this segment will start with a Dharma talk, and that talk is to be met with your soul, your inner being, your eternal being, and your outer and intellect too and heart. But we want to start with the inner being, and I'll explain why in a second. And then the second part is our silence. We're going to go into a silent meditation. We'll have a slight undertone from Random Rav, who has been so... uh, gracious to lead us there. And that undertone ideally would just be silence, but it might be confusing in an electronic uh, transmission without having anything there. So I will guide you in there. And then finally, you will receive a sound therapy, treatment, bath, whatever you want to call it, that's fine. And this is a place for you to receive, regenerate, and balance your entire field. So without further ado, let's dive into this Dharma talk. Today, we're going to talk about self-awareness, the possible, and Buddha with the stick. So in this day and age, uh, I was contemplating and watching a short snippet from a gentleman that I'll be interviewing in the upcoming weeks, and it kind of motivated me in a way to like uh, talk about the voice, but self-awareness, because in this day and age, we have a lot of make-believe. People pretend, they delete, they block, they do all these things. And some of it's necessary out of just protection of someone's invading your space. However, um, there's also, you know, we've lost touch with what it means to interact with one another and be able to utilize our voice and clearly state what we need, what we want to express, and to really address what's needed in the moment. And this is how things get convoluted because maybe we hold back, we don't say what we want, we try to behave a certain way, and then down the road, we're like, what the heck? (laughs) I haven't used my voice at all. And so when we go into from the spiritual practice of being self-aware, is that to truly understand where your voice comes from, in addition, where and how you're going to utilize that throughout your daily life. And that voice is an extension of two things, potentially thought, hopefully not, and then also from things from before here or in the present moment and might be wishes for the future. So we can bring awareness to this voice. And if we do, it can be really powerful. On top of that, it will start to give you cues as to who you're relating to, where they're at, not to divide and conquer, but just be like, wow, 
that's where they're at. And is this the best place for me to engage? And it's super powerful to uh, just feel into what that is and where you want to go with it. And it's a practice. That's why we do spiritual practice is that we acknowledge that we will continue to evolve. We will continue to heal. We'll continue to transform as will our surroundings, just like Mother Nature does every season for us to help us remember that one season doesn't last forever and it's okay to let that go and move into the next. So when we talk about self-awareness with our voice, especially, it's really acknowledging are you being true? Because when we manipulate our words to make someone feel better, we hold back and don't say something, we're not actually being honest and truthful in that situation with self and others. Now, there are certain ways that you can be self-aware also with your voice, understanding where someone else is at. So this doesn't mean just go a full force and attack people. However, just to notice where they're at and do your best with that voice to either motivate them, inspire them, uh, hold them in compassion, listen to them, all of those things. But understand that we're not all in the same place. This is why one size does not fit all. So what I would like to encourage you to do, especially in this next, next week, is really become aware of your voice. Forget the outside world for a whole week. Just mean, doesn't mean you don't interact with people, but I mean, really listen to what you're sharing with others. And then after you've done this, I mean, maybe not the whole week, if you can, that would be fantastic, but five, eight days. And then at that eighth day, start really listening to how your voice meets other people. And the voice is expressed verbally, non-verbally with your body. It's also expressed in creative expression through writing, through uh, different forms of media. And so become aware of what you're putting out into the world. And this was reminding me, and this is why I, I feel so many people are so quick to throw up walls, to uh, discard, to ignore. All these things happen because we're living in an age where that is encouraged. However, that does not mend our ancestral wounds. That does not mend our inner landscape. So it starts with you. And as you get stronger and more sure-footed, it's easier to extend a branch to others. However, a lot of people don't like to look in. I've been counseling people for over a decade and a half and really probably my whole life. And people are really, it's easy for them to deflect and point and look at someone else but not do their inner work. They don't want to take self-responsibility. And once we get really clear, then we can have better relations. We uh, make those wrongs right, meaning that those things that created difficulty for us in the past can be met in a new way. And then we have the courage to address something. And so it doesn't mean you have to run after someone and address it and uh, reconcile something, because sometimes this is inorganic. This is used in AA, uh, which I've had people come and do that. And it's very sweet. I really appreciate people acknowledging, but I 
feel it would be best done organically, meaning when a situation arises that's similar to the past pattern, it's readdressed in a way that it can go in forward motion. And I've done this where maybe someone said something to me and they keep saying it and I never address it. And finally, I'm like, hey, why do you keep saying that? Like, this is this is where I'm at, you know? And so then you get the truth from them. Like, oh, it's just a joke or I I just, I don't know. I don't even know why I always say it. <laughs> and so then you get to the truth of it. But when we impose, like, I need to reconcile this now in an inorganic, meaning forced, organized fashion, it's not necessarily going to liberate. That's why we wait. And this is why I tell people with trauma, naturally the layers, the neutralizing effect of the electromagnetic field of trauma will neutralize over space. And nature will give you little bits that you can handle. And if we all lived off the land, we'd actually release our trauma within less than probably an hour because that's how nature is set up. That's how we're set up. However, we reinforce the trauma. So you can trust until we get back to our our origin that you will be able to handle it in bits. And that's where you can bring that honest voice in. That's where you can start to really see how you're engaging and bring that self-awareness in. And so when we have self-awareness with our voice, we can start having self-awareness with everything we do meaning how we walk in a room, how we lay down our shoes. Uh, We can have self-awareness with our own emotions and other people's emotions. We can start to see, and it's a navigation. It's like seriously surfing because sometimes it will not go as planned, and that's okay. You just keep practicing. And ideally, it would mean that it would be like a symphony. We would all operate as a symphony. We would move and flow. And if you think about a great, like even uh, opera where it has these climactic moments and everyone comes together and it's perfectly held with the music and the voice and the thematic, and then it falls away and it goes into maybe another beautiful transition. And this is what we can do if we so do choose. We don't have to be held up in that one climactic moment and go over and over and over with that. So I just want to share that with you. And then from there, I want to also share with you that you can start that practice with your voice and see how you're using your voice and where you want to take responsibility with your voice, meaning where you're using it, where you're not, where you're holding back and why. And then I want you to lean into, if inspired, the possible with that. What is possible outside of what you think you know? Uh, It can feel like people are doing things to us, which they might very well be. However, you still have a voice. Even in a predatory, predator situation, you have a voice. And nature teaches us this. There are, there's this example of the predator out in nature, and there's a lot of beautiful species that know how to navigate the predator. And it's not necessarily through a roar. Sometimes it is, but more than not, it's through skillful means. So I would like you to lean into that possible. And what happens there is that's where you can start to repattern This is where you can get a stronger foundation and knowing 
from your inner faith to the outer world. And that inner faith stays with you. So these practices help you not only in this lifetime, but eternally. This is why we're here in these physical suits to practice this so that our energetic expression can hold this knowing, this medicine that you choose to have. And each one of us has a unique voice. And that will always be, as I use the metaphor often, that we are a beautiful tapestry woven in the cosmos and all things around us. And that tapestry has warps and wefts, if you know anything about weaving. And each one of those warps and wefts are each one of our expressions. And then when we pull them all together, there's a magnificent, magnificent uh, visual that's there, but not seen. So we have self-awareness with our voice and how we choose to use it. And then we lean into what's possible with that voice, with our expression. And then from there, there's this thing that's been lost, especially at this moment on planet Earth, is that Buddha with the stick. And so what's happened is that might sound scary, but Buddha with the stick is there to correct. And in this day and age, spiritually, in relationships, internally, externally, there's been a lot of confusion about Buddha with the stick, because it can either seem like, quote unquote, abuse, it can seem like uh, too hard of criticism, it can seem like all these different things. And yes, something done not in the context of correction would be abuse. Absolutely. However, correction is pointing and saying, hey, look here, hey, Sometimes it's a, a snap of a fingers, and that's why in uh, certain Zen monasteries, they would literally use a stick. If your mind wandered, they would snap that bamboo on your shoulder, not to be abusive, to correct you, to show you. Because it's really easy in meditative repose not to let anyone know that you're thinking. However, for those in the room that have deepened their practice, they know you're thinking because you're creating a disturbance in the room when you're thinking because it's transmitting a signal. And that's why we want the mind clear. There's no purpose to thinking, none whatsoever. Even to uh, redirect in, from a negative affirmation to a positive affirmation, just more thinking. Really, the plight is to empty the mind. That's the biggest service that you can do to others. And then you wait and you drop in. If you want to write a song or a poem, then you know, whoa, I'm here. I can sit down and do this now. And it's flowing. There's not a lot of thought. There's not a, a lot of analysis, paralysis, pontification. This is where a lot of people, when they get into philosophical conversations, as fun as they may be, more than likely, they are stuck in the intellect of spiritual pursuit, the intellect of theology, the intellect of pontificating concepts that they have yet to practice or touch as their own. And so until that happens, it's going to come across as a 
inspirational quote, a talking head. It's just going to come in and out. And those that are still very much in their intellect will be just writing and regurgitating that information. So how you can start to be your own Buddha with the stick is just get clear, like, hey, get up, get out of bed, get that body moving, get up, sit down, meditate, pray, give gratitude, whatever it is, you decide and you crack that bamboo stick. Not, you don't degrade yourself, you direct where the attention is to be. And so that's the effort. And so when something is working in mastery, there has to be correction. And in this day and age where we can hyper create things, like hyper create things, really cool things. I think back when I was in architecture and design school, uh, you know, we had architecture, interior architecture, which would be known as interior design and industrial design, landscape architecture. We had all these disciplines together and we co-created these projects together. Oftentimes we get in debates. Sometimes there was this hierarchical power that one thought they were better than the other. However, they all worked in tandem. And there at that time, there was a debate, do we bring technology in, you know, and do 3D modeling, even though the computers weren't anywhere where they needed to be because that's where things were going. However, there's something so powerful about having to learn the craft and you have to keep practicing it. And guess what? Our professors were the Buddha with the stick. They, more than not, were not there to candy coat things. They did not, were not shy to show you your weaknesses. Why? So that you could get better, so that you could motivate yourself from within. So this is where the possible and the Buddha with a stick go hand in hand. When you lean into that possibility within the correction, things expand. And right now in our society, we are coming out of a very interesting moment, not just on this planet, I would say in the universe, because we are at this point where you have a choice that you can ignore, you can ignore what just happened or you can do some of the deepest, deepest ancestral healing that you've ever done because it is all of those generations that led us to this climactic moment. It's all of our footprints that led us to here. And if we choose complacency, we will not do our part. We will not do our part of doing that deep, deep healing. And it's profound and it doesn't mean you have to stay stuck there. It's just acknowledging, wow, Wow, wow. And the deeper you go into spiritual practice, you'll start to see the connectivity of things. Things will amplify within you that cannot be spoken. And this is where I can share personally that my efforts that I have done before this lifetime uh, have accumulated and are still accumulating now, which is so beautiful to remember, to pick up, and then to start again, and then to deepen. And then that will build beyond here. And so if you are inspired in this moment, because we are all so close to that veil, you know, where in some cultures they celebrate the ancestors, the ones that were here before us, which was you. (laughs) 
uh, this is a day that we acknowledge them. Well, this has been a week that we've acknowledged them. You can acknowledge them every day. And I encourage people, you can do this on their birthdays, on their anniversary of when they crossed over. Anytime that you're inspired, because this is how we help each other. This is how we transform one another. Because more than likely, uh, your ancestors are sitting right next to you in different forms, uh, in different roles this lifetime to assist you and you to assist them. So if you're inspired, I welcome you to bring self-awareness into your voice, how you're expressing it from the inside out and really observe it, not judge with judgment, observe it. And then from there, lean into what's possible and be your own Buddha with a stick. Well, I welcome you to correct yourself, not degrade, correct. And it's just that. It's like, hey, snap over here, back over here. There doesn't need to be a long conversation. There doesn't need to be a long anything about it. It's a redirect of your attention to where it needs to be. And this is what mastery requires. This is the era we're going into. So it's a good opportunity to get a leg up on what you are destined to master and get into the rhythm of staying focused and committed to your greatness, your great work. And that's unique to you. So without further ado, we're going to dive into this portion of silent meditation And from there, you will have this opportunity to sit. So I welcome you to uh, bring yourself into an upright seated position, preferably. If you have any physical conditions that do not allow this, then get into a position that's comfortable to you. And then from there, as you bring yourself up, I want you to connect to a soft gaze down in front of you. And that is just going to be a single spot that you can just trans in and out on. If you're someone that has a lot of thoughts, even though you maybe have practiced for your silent meditation with your eyes closed, I want you to open your eyes and stare at that spot. Uh, This will help heal some of the trauma that you've been avoiding. This will also uh, give your mind something to do and uh, quiet your mind. And then if you notice your mind wandering, whether your eyes are open or closed, I really welcome you to bring yourself focal point back to that spot or focal point on observing how your breath is moving in and out of the body. So let's bring ourselves up, lift that spine up, drop those shoulders down, and then take a nice gentle breath in. And then exhale out. Another one. Inhale. And exhale. Good. One more. Inhale. And exhale. Good. And then gently from there, 
just welcome you to follow your breath, soft gaze at that focal point.
taking a soft full body breath and then exhale out again inhale and exhale Another one, inhale. And exhale. And as you gently follow your breath, I welcome you to recline into Shavasana, into corpse pose, fully prone on your back. You can also lay on your side in the fetal position and just allow yourself to settle into that position, taking another soft breath in and then exhale out. Again, inhale. And exhale. And one more inhale. And exhale.
Just gently bringing awareness back to the physical body, your surroundings, just observing your breath, just staying here with my voice in the position you're in. And when you're ready, you'll just come up to a seated position and then take a few more breaths with your own rhythm. And so as we exit out of here, I want to again give you just encouragement to bring awareness to your voice in all forms and really lean into what's possible. Open up those creative expressions for the highest and the best yourself and others. And I welcome you to self-correct be your own Buddha with the stick because Buddha is nothing external. It's inside of you. It's inside of all things. The divine exists in all of us. So you have a choice to be that expression or not to walk and talk and be that expression. It's a choice. So until next time, I welcome you to stay a little longer and listen to a little Kadri Scott, All I Need. I want to give thanks to Random Rab, Kadri Scott, Dante Marino, all for assisting in different ways in this moment. And if inspired, please support the arts, uh, creation, literature, all forms of art. Uh, that is a important alchemy to inspire us all to do our great work. Until next time, this is Suzanne Toro signing out with a full heart, a soft gaze, a deep bow, and a namaste. Be simply.
themselves some place new. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.